Welcome back to another episode of the Creator Club podcast. You're here with John Marsh. And if you're a coach or creative business owner, this is your show to learn the key skills you need to attract dream clients, grow your business and build confidence. In the show today, we've got a great conversation with a local business owner, father, big wave surfer and all around really cool guy. His name is Dan Brown, also goes by the name of Brownie and sometimes known as Mullet Lord. And in this conversation, we find out about Dan's upbringing, his introduction into small business, and then we uncover a whole bunch of insights around business development, innovation, creativity, family and business, and more. It's a great conversation. Let's jump in. This is John Marsh, and you're listening to the Creator Club podcast. Ever since what I was 17 and I was surfing like quite quite large waves, but I prior to that, I was spearfishing with a um, pole, just off the off the back of our local surf break. Did you grow up in Newey? Nah, Central Coast. All oh, right. Yeah, um, at a place called Copacabana. Yeah, I used to drive up to oh. Avoca from when I lived in Sydney for a while. We used to yeah. drive up to Avoca sometimes in Copacabana. Oh beautiful place yeah but like as soon as i turned 18 i was i was ready to get out of there chase the big bright lights of uh sydney yeah yeah so there's a bit to unpack so you grew up so you grew up surfing basically Mm. and then got into because obviously there's some big wave stuff still right like so (laughs) you got into more than ever pretty uh, yeah more so you you, but you were doing that early like that was kind of like yeah or like Always a thrill seeker though. Like I was, I had so much energy as a kid and no one in my family surfed, but all my mates did. Um, and we would surf morning and afternoon, like just to, just to expel all of our energy. We'd be surfing like four, four to six hours a day. Brothers, we, um, friends. just all, all my friends. Yeah. yeah. Um, and did you compete? Yeah, 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 but I had like because um, when I was younger, I would have been eleven um, when my parents split up, and um, like he dad um, had a bit going on, and they had like my parents had kids really young when they weren't ready, and when he left, like it was a big um, um, sort of blow to my self esteem. Because uh, when he left, it he didn't come back for a while. Mm. So my head was just, I guess, that pathological critic that that ev- that subtle voice that everyone has. Um, mine just got louder and louder, mm. and I, I felt that I wasn't worthy to to, uh, and I wasn't good enough um, to become a professional surfer. Yeah. Um. So just that that self doubt. Yeah. Um, and, and that fear as well um, took over. So I basically um, love the ocean, but little did I know that um, I've, I was, um, I've come to terms now that I'm alcoholic. Yeah. So um, like as soon as I started drinking at 16, the obsession to, to drink and party took over. Yeah. And I, f- I wound up in um, rehab at 24 after um, 
a near-death experience and uh, psychosis. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so the the urge to drink um, basically clouded like who I was and um, my love for the ocean. Mm. But little did I know um, when I wound up in rehab, it felt like my life was over. But little did I know it was the start of my, my rebirth, um, the start of my second life. Yeah, wow. So it's what a journey. Yeah. Yeah. How? What happened when you came out? What What did you do? Oh, rehab. Like I had um, PTSD from because I basically travelled to the other side and was I've been, um, I guess, uh, presented with the the strengths and the forces uh, on um like after death. So which cracked me open um, spiritually. Um. So this was your early twenties. Uh, 24. 24. Okay. So it's yeah. basically like a one foot, like a super focused <laughs> year. Oh, like it's amazing what uh, a circumstance, circumstance can do to your perception. Mm. Like um, rehab was amazing though, because I was still in there. Like I couldn't talk about what happened because it was quite traumatic. And um, every time I um, spoke about it, I experienced the trauma Mm. and I'd be trying to manipulate the nurses to give me more uh, Valiums. Mm. And so if I was out in the real world, that's what would have happened and I would have been back out there. But I um, gained enough sanity um, in there after that month um, to then realise, hey... um, You've done a month sober. Um, everyone was saying, Brownie, you got to go to AA. So I just took that on board and um, had, a, had an experience in recovery, which has taught me a lot about uh, myself and um, investing internally as well. Like I had to, I've learned that I had to get the inside before I got the outside. Mm. And, um, Recovery has been a wild ride because um, my ego revived two years uh, into sobriety, and I had I got a loan for like a um, thirty thousand dollar car, like a Chrysler V eight. Um, like I, had, I was working six days, like just in a safe job, making good money, but like I wasn't um, listening to my intuition and. Um, carrying out my um, my vocate my my vocation and yeah, this um, was in Sydney. Yeah, this yeah. was in Sydney, and um, I was, uh, you know, I wasn't treating my my alcoholism, and I was trying to control um, situations um, for for my own um, like for my own outcome. And like nothing would go my way, so I'd, I'd get resentful at staff members, and those resentments and that control just built up um, to a point where I had another mental breakdown in um, in sobriety with with no drugs or alcohol, and I wound up back on my mum's couch without a uh, without a job, mm. um, without the girlfriend, going, how the hell did I get here? So. I was then presented um, with another 
situation of um you know that deep morass and loneliness that that people talk about and I was forced to actually have a look inside and there was a lot of um resentments and fears um that I had to that I had to look at um that I guess um if I wasn't such an extreme thinker would have would have ruled my decisions for the rest of my life if I was a subtle thinker Mm. but for me I'm such an extreme thinker and I've got such an extreme um I'm so like um I'm such a perfectionist too and I'm a I'm a big thinker and if for me if I'm not on my path um whatever is out there um whatever you believe in like talks to me through like pain and uncomfortability and um I've got no choice but to to be uh on the track that I'm on it's like if the, if yeah. you're not on the right path you find out about it in a really big way through pain yeah. like through you know is that is that kind of what you said that's, like yeah it, that's it does what, it that's you can't experience. just go along kind of a little bit uncomfortable for 20 years it yeah. hits you from the side like more amplified yeah it's like yeah. like my experience is like something like whatever's out there let let me live and for me like when i'm serving like I, that's where, like I wasn't serving anyone but myself. When I when I wound up on my mum's couch, I was serving myself. Like, how much money can I make? Oh, what I want to look cool because everyone's got to like me, so I'll get the best car. Trying to please um, my girlfriend. So like, after working six days, like every afternoon, I'd I'd be tending to her. And none of that was sustainable. Um, so I had to learn about, like, my defects, you know, like I was bec- becoming ruled by my, like, selfishness, self-centeredness, like my ego took over. And then it was more like um, the debt, like I, I almost had to, I had to die, like that ego had to die, Um and for my spirit to shine through, I had to let go of like anything, anything negative. Um, and that's when I got in touch with the spirit and, um, through like meditation and prayer, like I've become very in touch with my spirit and now I'll have those like egoic voices and that pathological critic, that negative voice in my head. And I can observe it now. Mm. I can, I can, um, you know, watch those thoughts come in, and I can even just have a little laugh at it today. Mm. And I have my own uh, ways of um, pushing them out. Yeah, um, it's like, and kind sometimes, of a yeah. There's, but sometimes it'll be like a, like I describe it as like there's a like those paintings of the like. Um, in the churches of like heaven and hell having a war together like that that feels like what's going on in my head and I'll just not harm anyone focus on not harming letting my emotions harm any of my loved ones and eventually like um, showing some vulnerability letting people know how I feel Mm. um, 
looking after myself as well, mm. doing things that, that I enjoy, serving myself. Yeah. And um, the light always shines through, the light always wins. And then out, out comes um, the sun after a big storm and everything's just clean and serene and that's, that's spiritual growth for you. That's, mm. that's um, as a, hum- an, a human being that's awake, that's, that's, um, that's life for me. Mm. So when I'm presented with these storms, I, I'm like, I've got acceptance around uh, the storms and that's the, where the faith comes in too because I know that like every storm's passed and whatever's out there, like I'm living a life today that I never knew existed mm. and um, I know that I'll get through it um, and that's, that's how simple my faith is. How did you go from where you were on the couch or with that job, I guess self-centered um, position, right? Like mm. life, I guess, lifestyle to service and and particularly you know now you have multiple businesses mm. and you know you're you're um a force from what i can see watching right on the outside and how did that change come about like that's quite a radical movement <laughs> right like was yeah. that slow what what got you into your own path and yeah. serving others well man recovery has taught me a lot because like the old old timers in in recovery that if i'm ever if i'm ever suffering like there's like positive actions um that that we do to get ourselves out of our own head and uh one of them is to call someone and ask how they're doing one of them is another one is to um to go to a a meeting and project your thoughts onto someone that's that's struggling and to um, to be of service to to someone that um, that's having a hard time, mm-hmm. and then so that basically that set me up for life because I experience like the, the the most serene moments. Like I've I've been I've had negative bank account like a, a couple of times, you know, like I. I never wanted to check my account because I, my life was unmanageable because I'd spend all my money and like I'd I'd have nothing left, you know. And in sobriety, like when I wound up on my couch, like I was forced to project my thoughts onto others. And um, I had no money in the bank, and I had at the time like I was helping, like you know, taking a look. Oh, was it? Yeah, four people through through the work in in recovery, mm-hmm. and yeah, it looked like I had nothing externally, but on the inside, I was getting paid dividends, and I was like, wow, like it put my like um, priorities in check. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, like no amount of money, like the job, the girlfriend, the car, that was all an illusion. Mm. Like none of it actually. That, none of it made me feel like this like when i'm when i'm helping others and i watch their eyes light up after having the same experience as me like that's worth its weight in gold and so now i've brought that into um they talk about service like not only being in recovery but in all all of our affairs Mm -hmm. 
So all of my affairs, what's that? My, my business, um, my relationship at home, um, out in the ocean and like, um, you know, services, like it's such a, a big word, like what is service, you know, like it's like patience, kindness, tolerance, mm. unconditional love. And that's not only towards others, it's towards yourself too. Mm. So like success for me, like I've had to learn like, you know, because I'm, no one knows this, but I've like, I feel like, you know, impatient uh, with myself and with people every day. Like I've got to deal with my selfishness and self-centeredness. Um, intolerant, practice tolerance. Mm-hmm. Like being um, these tests that, um, are presented on a daily basis and me um, just, uh, sim- simply practicing the opposite of that and um, in doing so like I'm 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 paid dividends within mm-hmm. so it's like I really had to get the inside um, and learn a lot about myself before anything external come and it's like I'm I'm okay now um, and I've learned a lot as well in business, like throughout like my, my struggling, like I've always been never really agreed with like society. I've always felt like a bit of an outlaw. Um, and I don't know if it was the people I was surrounding myself with or, or what, but I always thought, man, there's got to be more to life. You know, I was, working in cafes, I was working at a hotel, I worked at the Park Hyatt Hotel, which taught me a lot about service too, but getting paid like $18 an hour, slogging my ass off, then moved to um, another strand of cafes getting paid 20 bucks an hour. And like my love for the ocean, like I'd organise surf trips and then I'd, I'd come back with no money again. Mm. And I was just like, man... Like the boss, like clearly just in it for themselves. Um, there was always there was a high turnover of staff in each place I worked at as well, mm-hmm. um, and there was no, there it, it was not authentic, and like in recovery when like you become so present mm. and observant because mm. I've got nothing that's abstra- um, distracting me anymore. Like I yearn for stu- sustenance. Um, and reality, yeah. And if something's not like um, real, I'm very quick to to pick that out, and my spirit will yearn for for more sustenance. Yeah. So, like, what happened in my near death experience and in recovery, um, like, like I just how do I explain it, like. It summed up what matters and what and what doesn't matter. Like that's what there's just a big line in drawn in the sand of okay, like what matters, like what what did I think about when I was on my deathbed? Like the ocean, what was I gonna miss if I didn't come back? Like my loved ones, like my family, you know? Like there was it wasn't the car or it wasn't anything external and like I take that into um, my days today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's relationships, it's trust, it's respect, 
um, it's all that juicy, good stuff that that, that we're here for in the end as mm. a collective, like bringing everyone up instead of um, dragging people down. Mm. That's a big one too. So like business, for me, starting my own business, like I just knew that like, like it would be successful because I took coffee making to such an extreme. I had um, so much um, confidence in my product and in my trade. So the cafe came first? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when was that? As soon as, like I moved to Newcastle four years ago and like the guys at Cole and Cedar, like they're good mates of mine at uh, the bar on Hunter Street and they knew I wanted to open a cafe and they called me up and they were like, oh, Brownie, um, like move to Newey, come on, like surf's amazing here. Like the lifestyle's so good. Like there's um, rentals here, like, you know, uh, for cheap as you could start a coffee shop, even a hole in the wall, you know. Like I was like, oh. my time in Sydney sort of, you know, like when you feel like a chapter's over. Mm. It's like, oh, yeah, it feels like my time's up here in Sydney. I've learnt what I've needed to learn and I'll take your word for it and I'm, I'll um, I'll move to Newey. Yeah. And so 2017, something like yeah, that. Yeah, 2017 I yeah. was here. Not long. I thought yeah, for some four reason years. it was longer because we came up in 2018 from Melbourne. We yeah. finished a chapter, did the same thing. Yeah. And um, I thought you'd been around a lot longer here. Yeah. Um, you know, just from, I guess you, you've done so much, you know, you've mm. got a, um, a great reputation and mm. it's very cool. And so was that, mm. what did that feel like to open the doors, right? Oh. Man, all I did, like, you know, I had a a clear vision um, and I had a lot of, um, like, back in Sydney, there was um, a few, a couple of roasteries that, like, I told them that I was moving to, to Newcastle. So they were on the blower to me going, Brownie, like, when are you going to open up? Like, we'd love you to use our coffee. We'll give you our, like, um, machinery. Like, we'll give you the lot just find a place you know because for for them um for me to use their product like because anyway like me using their product like it'd be good for their mm. their reputation mm. so you you obviously were not just like pushing coffee sort of closing your eyes and going about the job down there you were behind the scenes like it's almost like your subconscious you were like you were learning you were really mm. showing up throughout your even at the 17 and 20 dollars an hour you were like picking up everything you could so that oh, yeah. when word got out you were gonna maybe do something yeah. people were on to you because they knew how much you cared about what you did yeah that's right so like, it was kind of set up through the work mm. right over years oh yeah like starting from the bottom right okay like truly starting from the bottom like wanting to be on a coffee machine and having to be a waiter um and just subconsciously just waiting um for for someone to leave like one of the baristas to leave just so i could jump on the machine and get get a shot mm. you know and then a, a lot of the cafes too when i was um gaining experience like I had, I didn't have much, you know, like 
my self-esteem today is like high but back then like I was I had this personality and um like I was such a lovable guy um like the bosses could see it but they weren't gonna they never were they like oh brownie great job you know like oh thanks for working so hard like our customer basis has grown you know twofold since you've worked here Mm. like there was none of that um none of that bringing each other up sort of sort of vibe it was everyone was in it for themselves really it felt like but so little did I know um like when I moved to Newcastle and I had these suppliers calling me I was like oh what like they're so amped and they're so supportive Mm. um like I mustn't be like it gave me that little nudge going yeah because there was still that doubt you know Mm. um because it is a setting up your own business like it's a you got to, there's a lot of fear like, that um, it's like, you know, financial insecurity too, mm-hmm. especially if you've got responsibilities like, um, you know, like a loan, a loan for a car or even if you've got kids or whatever, it's like all those thoughts as well. Mm. But thoughts are just thoughts. Like that's not reality. And moving through all that and um, putting the word out there too and I actually um, sublet uh, a place on Hunter Street next door to the new passenger terminal. Um, it was a florist, a fashion store, and I run the coffee out of the front. And as soon as uh, we opened the doors, I called the Hunter Hunter and got a, and then also in the Herald, I got a story in the paper straight up. And I was making coffee like with this like cute two group machine with amazing coffee um and I was it was I had a manual grinder as well and I was doing it all myself literally a manual grinder yeah like turning nah like it was um or you have to do the right the certain you, amount of time it doesn't dose the right amount of coffee yeah so it's it all grind it all into the chamber yeah then I had a, a, a set of scales and I'd um weigh every shot yeah and it's amazing what the eye does because um, like back the, then that was that was kind of standard, like 2010, 2011, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty standard. Yeah. yeah, my mates opened a cafe in Sydney, and I remember helping them set up. Yeah, and it was all that way. And but then now recently, I've seen it's all done, like it's measured for you, huh? It's all man, like being a barista today is easy compared to t- back in the day. Because they'll even yeah. have tamper tamper things at tamp for you too, huh? Tamp at the same pressure each time. Yeah. Um, do- doses the right amount of coffee each time. Like it's, so you it's were such doing a breeze all, today. You were doing it all um, by feel. Yeah, by feel. Yeah. And I loved it. But I didn't realize like Newcastle was just yearning for for that. Like that, that authenticity um, and that um, like next level in, in coffee making. Like I, I thought it... I didn't even work in another cafe here um, in Newcastle. Like I, I just assumed that there was other people doing what I was doing, but but there wasn't. Mm. Um, because I literally moved to Newcastle and saw this opportunity, and um, 
and jumped at it. Next thing you know, um, there was a line out the door and this little run-down, like, crappy building just was just, just heaving, yeah. you know? And I just had the deep, cool. the deep house on, having awesome chats, making coffee really quickly, you know? Yeah. Because, um, like, throughout the years I've stretched my memory and I've, I've taught my, my staff how to do it. It's an amazing skill. Um, and when I, um, because at this one cafe, we were so busy that we were forced just to learn everyone's coffee order. And, um, I took that with me too. And people were like, you know, that everyone is special. Um, and, but they, they feel, they felt, you know, special because I'd remember their order Mm. and I'd say, thank you because without, my associates and the customer basis there's no business um and it wasn't even about the money um that cafe only lasted um like six months six to eight months um because um it just didn't work out with the landlord and i and especially sub being a, a sublet place there was conflict of interest as well and I'm, yeah. I'm one. I'm big on, um, you know, just you know, I'm I'm great to compromise. But I I really I'm a I'm an individual, and I dance to the beat of my own drum. And um, especially when you start having oh, a line of twenty people outside, and yeah. you're going off, and he knows that you're just a sublease. Like yeah, yeah. and then he was like wanting in on the business exactly. too. Exactly. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this guy's got no coffee. The deal experience. doesn't look so great to him anymore. He's I, I know where he's coming from mm. and that's not what I'm about. Yeah. Um, so I got out of there and I was, I thought I'd find a place a lot faster. Um, but I was landscaping, doing um, labouring for like a year and a half because the right place didn't come up. And um, after that year and a half, um, I had a consultant at that time Um and he found a the place on Beaumont Street. Okay. Yeah, and that was um, so that Lords has only been open for two and a half years. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I just wanted to say you mentioned. I just wanted to reiterate because if you're listening, you're you're known for your. Let's call it. Uh, generosity emotional generosity so you know uh my wife ruby her and her mom went in for a cafe and they come back and sue ruby's mom she was over from new zealand mm. uh, they're like oh yeah we went to we went to lords and the thing that she said was how you were in there and how you spoke to her and how you talked to her and you had never seen her before mm-hmm. obviously she was over from christchurch but the thing the story that we hear was around how welcome people feel Mm. and i just wanted to point that out because when you talk like if you don't have the custom you don't have the business and we come back to things that make us feel good Mm. and you're um, definitely known for that so i think that's um super important like good Mm. coffee and i think the experience and being seen and like you belong Mm. is just so powerful yeah it's unreal like but being hospitable like not everyone's cut out for the hospitality industry. Mm. 
like you know there's there's a lot of thoughtful people out there but put them in a in an hospitality environment like in a cafe like it's if if it doesn't being hospitable doesn't flow through your veins Mm. like man because you're turning up the pressure at the same time yeah. yeah like you've got a lot going on and at the same time it's like if you can't fake hospitality like i've i've had um a couple of people work for me in the past and just you know great people but not not hospitable it's like they might you know so it's like for me it, you can't fake fake it mm. it's like it's genuine um and you know being people see that you know like you can't talk your way into being genuine it's that feeling mm. like that eye contact mm. the, the smile mm. it's like um, a transmission yeah you yeah. know there's a lot that's behind um it's just that connection the, that that wavelength that you feel mm. um and that's that's i guess what adds to the vibe too yeah people come in i always think that we we had a retail business the first one mm. and it was similar not to the level of hospitality like mm. But in either case, if you're not exuding that when somebody walks in the door, you've basically lost them. Maybe mm. not that time, but the next time. Mm. And um, I often think, you know, with gyms and all these other businesses, you can learn so much from even just going in and sitting in, in a cafe and watching mm. for like an hour, a couple of times a week and just seeing how that comes through mm. in a successful one, right? Because it's not everywhere, but... Yeah, yeah, I think that that essence that you talked about in hospitality uh, is really valuable mm. for other businesses too. Yeah, because that's what, in the end, that's what I value, like that my relationships. Yeah, and um, delving into spirituality, like really, the core fundamentals of of spirituality is unity. You know, so um, encouraging. Um, unity and um, unconditional love, mm. no judgment. Um, and in doing so, like it's it, it creates that attraction, mm. and that that could go for any business though. You know, like the most successful businesses, like you always hear great things about the owner. Mm. Go like what about word of mouth? Mm. Like better than social media, word oh, of yeah. mouth. Yeah. You know, like. Oh, I went so here. That, oh, the owner of that place is just such a good guy. Should go there. I know where I'll be going next time. Correct. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you go from uh, the cafe? Because when I walk into Lords now, it's um, optimized is the wrong word. But there's op- I can walk out, and I did this a, probably a month or two ago. I walked out with food. I walked out with Lord's coffee, a bag of coffee, a ki- <laughs> like a kilo or something. Yeah. I walked out with my coffee in my hand. Yeah. And and then I also saw um, espresso martini mixes or like I saw like, and then I saw a bunch of merch. And yeah. I was like, okay, like I can see like so- someone's thinking um, differently here. Mm. And there's a lot of, it's, it's almost an expression of, 
you and the brand and the family and everything is coming through and there's so many opportunities to like get amongst what you've created. <laughs> yeah. Um, what drove that and oh. how are you thinking, you know, maybe we oh. can talk about the cans as well, yeah. but how are you thinking, how does your mind, and because there's a surfboards too, like the soft yeah. touch, like how's that all happening for you and how have you done yeah. that? So we, um, we were given an opportunity uh, like a year and a half ago to open up a second cafe in the West End and we did. And then COVID hit and the law that um, uh, the government said to that all business all businesses have to work from home, you know, all offices. Mm-hmm. And this was a Monday to Friday uh, cafe that catered just for businesses. So we rock up the Monday morning of when that law uh, came about. We would have made a couple of coffees. Yeah. And um, my I wife and I, because my wife, not a, my wife's my business partner too. Like mm. she's, um, her and I work together. And um, we thought, hmm, you know, COVID's not going anywhere. What should, you know, we've made a bit of money. Should we quit while we're ahead? You know, weigh up our options here? Because it did take away from the authenticity of Lords. Mm-hmm. What so do you mean? Because it was a more we of a corporate setting? Okay. Yeah, like um, I had to be in both cafes so people didn't know where I was. Yeah. And um, we split our staff up too. And it just it didn't have the right feel. So we just went with our gut and um, closed the doors. And, in, you know, little did we know, like my wife was pregnant at the time as well. So we had that fear of, you know that financial fear you know the lords was doing well but we thought you know what like we had a few ideas about um some products and and merch and whatnot and little did we know like when we closed those doors the energy we had to put into to something else so nicola's um learnt she did a, a year and a half a uh, graphic designing so she learnt enough to know um design Mm -hmm. she's a a smart cookie Mm. she got all that nutted out and um like i had the product we're like oh and a mate of mine was using our um, cold brew um at the prince uh behind the bar for their espresso martinis and he was like oh like the the cold brew is good, but it it needs some more body, you know. So we were thinking, man, like our cold brew is so good. Like people like come from everywhere to, for our coffee because um, we roast as well. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. but this time you're already roasting. <laughs> roasting. You've already like yeah, and we've got our own little. I brought some um like. But Sydney, they really loved a dark roast and yeah. I got used to that that really punchy dark roast. Um, and I um, come to, to to know that Newcastle was, you know, yearning for that as well they, mm-hmm. and they're loving it now. But um, my mate's the mixologist at the Prince and he's my business partner now. Um, and he was like, oh, let's try and make like a... Like a um, 
like an uh, like an alcohol free like coffee syrup and um so we got our experiments on and um my wife's uh dad's like an amazing chef too so we we got in the kitchen and we we started reducing our um cold brew with other other ingredients uh, at certain temperatures mm. and um we got um this syrup like we did said like said eureka when we mixed it together because like a it's made from quality coffee uh b cold brew when it's um it's uh when the finished product's ready it's not bitter mm-hmm. whatsoever mm-hmm. it's um it's so smooth and strong and tasty so reducing that quality coffee and adding it to our product we were just like and we shook it up and it created this amazing creamy froth oh really and we just thought oh my god like we've got to people have to be consuming this um because that's what it's about it's about the joy we get seeing people consuming our product and enjoying it like that's that's the simplicity of it um so we ended up like uh, buying like six thousand bottles from uh, from overseas. These are big. If you're listening, these are like <laughs> like are they one For, liter? Yeah, one like one liter vodka bottles. But, but they're kind of like bulbous, like yeah, they're quite they're, broad, and then they've yeah. got a cool narrow top oh, on them. They're sexy. Yeah, yeah, because um, kind of vintage sort of feel. Oh yeah. And Nico created the design, like the gold foil sticker um, with our logo on it. Um, and we started selling it out of, just out of our fridge at Lords. And we did a launch and sold out. Um, we created a bit of hype online. and Through I social always, media. Through social media. And I always talk about our generation, like I feel like the previous generation invested you know it was their time to shine in the property market and um for this generation it's the internet like i've now um you know we've got the means um to to provide our product to the world that's that's amazing part of the internet Mm. you know like take advantage of technology Mm. so we sold out through um our online sales uh, for our launch of the espresso martini and adapting as well, like closing the cafe, but not falling into that self pity mm. trap and that that fearful state and mm. adapting. Like as a business owner, like speed bumps are are going to come our way, and you know we've got a okay, all right. If, the money we've lost it a little bit here how can we gain it in other other areas and that's about having your eggs in a few baskets mm. like a, a wise person told me that back in the day you know have have your eggs in a in a few baskets you know so that's what we did we we saw that there was a lockdown and we were like all right everyone um we've got this amazing product um you know get in quick create a bit of hype um what better way to en- enjoy your lockdown with having espresso martinis at home mm. run with that next thing you know we sold out mm. you know so covid was a for, for us it's been a, 
amazing, but it's we we've made it amazing though, um, because of our um, flexible thinking. Mm. You know, being flexible, thinking outside the square. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it sounds uh, simple in in hindsight. <laughs> When yeah. you're in it, though, and oh. you know, in your business, you got to close a lease or potentially pay out a lease or oh break a lease, and then you've got, you know, that's a um, that's a real skill set. What you yeah. what you've done, it's not necessarily oh yeah always easy at the time. Yeah, and the energy it goes into sourcing, um, you know, finding distributors for for such large quantities, mm. the, the shipping, um, making sure the sticker. Yeah, sourcing the sticker as well. Nico's graphic design for and doing all the art, mm. getting the samples made and sent from overseas, like so much work and so much energy goes into into the product. Mm. And so now you have other, <laughs> like a few different other things. Did yeah. you just continue that trajectory? Is that kind of yeah. like how you're thinking mm. about this? Well, then. We had the um, the product and we thought, because we basically just wanted, we're all about consistency. Um, so like the recipe at Lord's, like we've got the um, the manual tamper. We've got the same amount of dose, same dose of coffee we use every day. So the consistency of our product, like you know what you're going to get when you come to Lord's, mm-hmm. especially with our food, it's the same, like nothing changes. Um so people um, know what to expect and they know it's going to be good. And then it's the same with the mixer. I think about other businesses. Um, I think, wow, this um, espresso mix could really help other businesses. Um, you know, if pubs uh, and clubs have a high turnover of staff and mm-hmm. to, um, to save whoever owns the business on wages, um, like, you know, it costs money to train a staff member on how to make this drink uh, because there's certain ingredients. Um, and then the time it's going to cost whoever owns that business um, in that training, but also um, in producing um, the other ingredients that go in it. Mm-hmm. So like um, we thought let's just pre-make this mixer um, and wholesale it to pubs because um, all they have to do is add the vodka mm. and that'll aid in their consistency and it'll aid in their reputation. Mm. And speed. And speed. Because yeah. that's half, half, well, not half the reason, like a, a, a reason why we're so busy is because we make coffee very quickly. Mm. You know, like, um, and the, the faster they drink their coffee, the faster they'll probably want another one. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, the same as the bar. Like I've got friends that don't mind an espresso martini. Uh, I took their advice on board too. They say, oh, they're awesome, but they take forever. Mm. Uh, if only they um, didn't take so long, I'd be ordering a shitload of these. So I thought, wow, there's a, there's a gap in the market here. So now um, we're distributing um, to a few pubs wholesale, the mixer, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it just makes their life easy. And um, it's win-win because they're they're consuming our product, we're paying the bills, and um, the markup as well. Um, like th- they'll be making a, 
a cocktail for for cheap and selling it for whatever they sell and they're making money too so mm-hmm. it's it's a win-win mm-hmm. um so you have a manufacturing um place still set yeah, up the, the we, kitchen we or? took another risk and um we wanted to buy a home because we've got a 10 month year old child and we were like what well, oh we're thinking what should we do should we invest in the business or buy a house and we thought you know we wanted we really wanted a home you know we'd hate moving around but then we thought now nah, well let's invest in the business um and then down the track we can get a house so we ended up buying a warehouse so we basically went all in and the banks at, at the time like in at covid especially because we're self-employed like it was a $230,000 warehouse and they lent us half the money. Mm. So again, it's like, oh, and then they made a mistake. They didn't tell us about the stamp duty. They said it was included. But um, the day um, before settlement, she calls us up frantically and says, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't include the stamp duty. Mm. Um, it's going to be an extra 30000 and we were like, fuck, where are we going to pull this 30000 from? Like, but we ended up scraping it from each account. And we just went and had a bit of cash at home too. So we rounded up like all our finances and put it in. And um, uh, we ended up owning, we, so we ended up like it was stressful, but now we own a warehouse. But we had not, we had, we didn't have a cent to our name, but because uh, this business is open seven days a week, all we had to do was wait for that money to clear the next day because we've got the constant cash flow of lords that's mm-hmm. that's supporting, uh, well, not only giving people great lives who work there, uh, but it's supporting our um, our vocation, mm-hmm. our dreams and goals. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the fueler for um all of our ideas still mm-hmm. so, so step one you obviously you came into it with a lot of um understanding and a lot of like a skill set right but then once you set up lords and saw that opportunity you got the first plate spinning which was like it's covering your needs and it's mm. it's it's serving others but you've oh, got yeah. something spinning right then once it's spinning you were able to go Let's try a second one. That didn't work. Back mm. out of it. We still have that original plate spinning. Let's mm. try a um, product, basically, or like you know what I mean. So mm. it's very cool. Um, and backing yourself too. Yeah. And having, you know, if you've, you can ask yourself, hey, is my product what you know? What's your product like? It's freaking awesome. Then go for it. You know, it, how, what's, what's, whatever business you're in, mm. how am I as a worker? Am I enthusiastic? Am, am I doing a good job? You know, because t- com- time comes for when, you know, working for others is, is great. But like for us to be wanting to grow and learn and better ourselves, it just comes to a, there comes a time where like one has no choice but to embark on their own journey. Mm. Like just go for it, you know. Mm. What's, what is there to really lose, you know, and especially if you have confidence in yourself, like 
there's evidence there it's going to be successful Mm. so that's basically just listening to and oh man having fun you know like actually enjoying what you do Mm. if you enjoy what you do then as well go for it Mm. because you know if you're you spend all your money doing what you love like what what are we here for? Yeah. We're, we're here to, to do what, you know, to have a good time as well. That's a choice. You think that's yeah, a choice? Yeah, it's a choice. Like we, we can choose. I mean, obviously we oh, have bad days, right? It's a dead right? set choice, yeah. But you can, because, you know, you hear that a lot, like, oh, I need to change something or find a different passion. And I, yeah. I think sometimes it's true <clears throat> and sometimes it's a choice, right? Mm. It's hard as well because, like... Especially, you know, it's easy for me to say, like, living, growing up in Australia where opportunities galore, you know, try try me saying this in the States or in Mexico, you know, where there aren't any opportunities, where people are scratching for, for whatever work they can get, mm. like being grateful to be in, a, in living in an amazing country with, with like, a government that's like supporting us the way they do and like opportunities galore left, right and centre. Mm. Like we're blessed to be in Australia to start with. And then I guess, yeah, you know, bringing that gratitude and that, that joy into my days. But also um, with the mixer, you know, Perfecting the balance as well, um, how it, like, a lot goes into to that, like, it being too sweet or not sweet enough, mm. um, getting a lot of people to taste it before we launched it and just mm. to be 100% like... Um, improving uh, improving uh, the work, yeah, huh? Like, 100% trust in the product. Yeah. Just like the product was me when I opened my cafe have a hundred percent trust in in the product Mm. you know that's a big thing too and then oh man the mixer and then um what did we do after that the merch too like ever since nicola and i met like we started doing really cool uh like funky jumpers like we've got a pretty loud design like my mullet head that's on all the mullet boards Mm. and um that was, that's, you know, it was all little revenue strains, you know, especially with COVID having to adapt and um, coming back to one cafe. It's like, all right, you know, I want like my staff to have amazing lives. And I, I if we closed the cafe and we didn't adapt um, to this, this, these new business product ideas, I would have had to have let staff go. Mm. But instead of letting the staff go, um, we actually created a food menu at Lords because we were predominantly toasties. Um, we were predominantly toasties and coffee, and I was thinking, man, I don't like, I don't want to let anyone go. Like, we've got the most amazing staff. What can we do? Launch the mixer, and we're like, let's create another um, position at Lords. Let's start a breakfast menu. So we started doing eggs and sides and I was thinking, yeah, okay, we only need to make an extra like 
however many however much a day um, to to keep uh, these this these staff members on and we ended up putting a breakfast menu on and like revenue picking up like 40% in the cafe mm. so me in turn thinking about how I can like impact my colleagues um, yeah in turn um, the, the business grew 40% mm. just with the breakfast menu so there's two ways I could have thought about that I could have come from a like you know that that fearful um self-centered place and let go of yeah. those two staff members and and not tried anything new yeah and um and played it safe as well but i um thought outside the square along with my wife and thought about others and how i could how we can keep them and help them and in turn the success came mhm yeah, so it's pretty cool to to think like about that too. I don't, I don't really look back and and think about it that way. But mm. being in this setting, it's 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 good like that. Mm. Yeah, possibility minded, huh? Look, mm. seeing possibility and testing too. Sounds like you did a lot of testing, mm. not just on big ideas like espresso martini or you know different um, whole avenues, but then also mm. testing within each of those products or services to to get it right mm. get it right like, like we see a drink mm. or a bottle and behind the scenes talking to you it's like oh actually there's thousands of hours <laughs> of graphic design <laughs> ingredients you know what i mean mm. like there's a lot going on too yeah yeah but also like all of our energy goes into like positive change yeah like we're not um, you know, I've been a victim to self-sabotage and I, I still, um, whatever's like, whatever's within me, like sometimes life does get hard and I just, I want to fall off the, the earth for a bit and have a drink or I want to self-sabotage everything, my relationships. Um, but I don't, you know, I've got a choice like do I want to be putting my energy into negativity or into positivity and um, I choose positivity and so yeah I don't have any like I'm lucky to not have an addiction today or even any sort of um, way of self-sabotaging anything like I'm I've, I've put I put all my energy into positivity you know and there's a lot of hours in every day and if if you do that, like success is is just around the corner. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's very well said. Mm. That's pretty cool. Mm. Um, we um are canning coffee now with the Knights players. It's a funny story too about that, um, because the boys came in like a few of the Knights players started coming in. And I remember handing a coffee to um, Kalen, Kalen Ponger, and um, at the time he was drinking an almond milk something. And I just, I gave him the coffee really quickly and he was like, oh, that was quick. And I said something like, oh, I've heard that before. And he just like, I knew he was thinking in his head like, 
what is this place? You know, the coffee's amazing and like like I've never been treated this way before. Yeah. By someone behind like behind the counter. And they kept coming back and our relationship um blossomed. And um another good mate of his, um, Connor Watson, who are our business partners today, um, for another company. Um but yeah, my wife suggested um this would have been about eight months ago. She's like, Oh, you should talk to the boys about um uh, doing a collab, um like you guys should start canning your own coffee together. And I thought that voice too in my head was like, why would they want to can coffee with me? They wouldn't want to do that. And that was the only thing that was holding me back from asking them because I'm only human. And um, that afternoon I looked at my phone, in my, I looked at my Instagram and there was a message from um, Connor and he said, Brownie, what's going on, man? Like, I had this thought that we should um, we should do a collab and can, uh, can your coffee. No. Same day. Same day. And I said, I showed Nicola the message and I said, are you effing with me? Like, look at this text. Mm. Like, it, it's exactly what you, you said prior. And she was like, Brownie, no, no, I'm not messing with you, like, that's just a crazy coincidence. And I messaged him back saying, huh, like Nico just and I were talking about this this morning um, and we'd love to. And little did we know, like, like you think just putting your coffee in a can sounds pretty you easy, right? straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> well, dead set, like, Little did we know the effort that um, and the energy that we were going to put into this product. Day, eh? like, there's a reason why there's not too many canned coffees on the market, um, and it became our obsession um, for a good. Gee, what we had our launch only uh, two weeks, no, three weeks ago. So it was an eight eight month um, obsession, especially with a eight-month-year-old child. Mm. So, yeah, mind you, doing all this with a baby. But, um, you know, there's certain preserve like with the coffee and the acidity, like we need, you need to make sure that it's um, the right alkalization for uh, what preservatives you use. And then you can't get any less than um, 2,400 cans made at a time. Mm. Then you've got to think about the, the artwork. And we got Mitch Revs from Newcastle to do it. So it's just full, full Newy mm. um, represent. I love that. Yeah, it's sick. And um, it's funny as well. I was talking to Revsy and um, hurrying up, trying to hurry him up a bit on the design. And he said, oh, yeah, like I'm going to bump you up. We paid him. Uh, but he's like, I'm going to. I'm going to bump you up, Brownie, like, um, basically. So I stopped hounding him and he brought the artwork back. I looked at it and I was like, gee, um, my nose looks like twice the size of it, of it, uh, that it is in reality. And he said, yeah, I did that, um, because you were, um, you were hassling me so much. And I thought, oh, that's pretty funny. Uh, 
So I always look at uh, the can and have a bit of a laugh about that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a sick art. Like I, I wouldn't change the artwork. I love um, like especially cartoons. Like cartoons are always about like emphasizing features. Exaggera- yeah. Exaggerating yeah. features. Yeah. You know, I like, I like frost on it. You want, you want that. I want if, that. Yeah. yeah. If you don't get that, it's going to be flat. Yeah. yeah. So maybe if I didn't hassle him, it wouldn't be like that either. Yeah. You know, but yeah. we got it done and we didn't realize too the nitrogen like nitrogen in coffee like if you're going to can any other product um you use co2 which like um gives the fizz, gives it that fizzy anything the fizz mm-hmm. uh, but you don't want that for coffee so um we used nitrogen so we blasted went through a, a canning mob um and they were blasting each coffee with nitrogen which um, it um, aids in the deoxidization of, of the coffee, which um, um, minimizes um, like bacterial growth. Mm-hmm. So we just tried our oh, and learnt so much about bulk production too, like in our warehouse too. It's like it was our first time, um, and uh, there was a lot of things that we didn't know, um, and uh, but in. In doing so, we've now modified our production um, to be able to do um, like 2,000 litre runs of of cans, Mm. um, which is 5,000 cans a day. Yeah. So, and in doing so, it was an outlay, another outlay of money too. Yeah. You know, like there's... Like without risk, there's no reward. So you can you can do that now all in your warehouse. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we can do that in our warehouse now, and oh, like the pride that we have as well, like around our um, our setup too, because I'm not I've got no background in production. Mm. Like this is all I've done. No, I haven't done a degree. Like I'm a I'm a practical guy. As soon as I start thinking about anything. Like it's not a good place for me to be. Like I've, I'm a hands-on guy. As soon as I get um, hands-on and um, uh, like um, I bring in that like that practical nature that I have, things work, things just work out, you yeah. know. So I've just learned that I'm a practical guy. So yeah. if, sit me in a classroom my, my, and try and like teach me on a projector or a computer, my head will be out the window, Yeah, you know. So sticking to your strengths too yeah um but yeah production wise we're making um what this next run we're doing in um two weeks we're doing um 1400 um liters of coffee which is um quite a few cans you know double what yeah about yeah we're doing five five thousand cans this run and our plan is not to run out we never want to run out of the cans. Yeah. So um, we've all already got a few places that want to stock it. And um, we did a launch online and the cans, 2,400 cans sold in five days. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. The, the deal is like really um, we make the product and then the boys, the boys, uh, the boys sell it. Yeah. But in the end, it sells itself. Like you shake the nitrogen up with the cold brew and it just 
it almost you pour it into a glass and it gets that Guinness effect. Yeah. So it's not it's got a frothy head to it. Yeah. So it sells itself anyway. Yeah. But it's so great to be in business with with those guys too and I have um good really um deep chats with um with Connor just about um spirituality and I think you know if I wasn't on this path we wouldn't be in business together. Mm, you got a resonance together. Yeah, yeah. like it's about ser- they're about service too. Yeah, like we've got plans on, um, um, you know, looking after kids that, um, like you know, talented um, kids that uh, need support in their whatever whatever sport they're doing, mm-hmm. uh, with the sole purpose of um, them becoming the, the best sell, uh, version of themselves that they can be. Awesome. So the the whole motive around these businesses is to aid in, aid in um, bringing up the humans as a, as a collective, you know. Um, we're planning on, um, you know, with my big wave surfing, um, I've got the freedom to, to be a big wave surfer today. Um, and I've got, I'm, I've teamed up with, um, a, um, an amazing big wave surfer who's my partner, but we're going to be scouting for a, a kid, that, a talented kid that, that charges and we're going to take him, um, along to, cool and watch, you know, and, um, push him into some big waves help and him develop. help him develop yeah. and, and support support him because, you know, when I was younger, damn, I would have loved that, mm. you know? Mm. Like where, where was any of that when I grew up? Not to mention what someone like, you know, any young person would learn just hanging around yeah. you guys, you know, yeah, the experience. And even in other sporting avenues, like the boys, you know, with their footy, like um, – if where we see talent or like any need for support, uh, our plan is to be there uh, with the revenue. Like it's not for our own personal gain. That's why it's blossoming. Awesome. Well, we might have to leave it there, man. Yeah. That was um that was amazing. Thank you so much. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna come back and listen to this one a couple of times. I think, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just you know, just doesn't matter what business you're in like i watch what you're doing and um the the innovation the speed and just the fun that you're having through it um you know is a lesson for all of us so thank you so much for sharing yeah my pleasure yeah. thank you john yeah we'll have to get you on again sometime hear how the next batch of cans go yeah rock see what on. you're doing soon yeah if awesome. i don't see you here i'll see you in the water for sure yeah you. <laughs>